I left the city, I've been browsing. Treading water that they drowning. My head on the swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 148 of the Smash Accept Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. Find me on Twitter, at DynastyDadFF. We got the band back together. You know, last week it was Matt Waldman. That was an absolute fire pod. Now we got the original crew. We got John. We got Mung. Mung, how you doing today? Hanging out in the living room, not in the kitchen. Love that for our YouTube followers. How you doing, brother? Yeah, great. Uh, it's Great to have finally have John back on at the same time as me. Uh, I've missed his pretty face for those of you watching YouTube, so it's good to see him. But uh, yeah, we're we're deep into the off season, just a couple weeks away from the NFL draft. Can you believe it? Uh, just so many rumors yes. and speculation going on, and now all of a sudden Bryce Young is the favorite to go first overall again after C.J. Stroud seemed to take that favorite spot in the betting markets for a few weeks and. It's going to be a chaotic NFL draft, and that means it's going to be uh, some chaotic rookie drafts right after. But uh, as we learned from Game of Thrones, chaos is a ladder, and that's what we're here to do. I love it. I love it. Hey, don't lie to too many of our listeners talking about John's pretty face. I know you're going (laughs) to smile about this one, John, but Will Levis is now the favorite to go 102. Yeah. In the end, he's at a plus 180, you know, so that's that's where you got to get your bets in. John, how you doing, brother? Oh, good, good to be back with the OGs, OGs in the house, the originals, and yeah, looking forward to chopping it up. And you know, Mug's looking good too. He said he's feeling good, looking good. This is gonna be great to, to uh, break down this tight end, cl- the uh, not only the class, but just kind of talk tight end premium in general and help the listeners out with that because I think, it, like we even talked about with Waldman, it is often a little bit overlooked. Yep. And tonight, since we're all on here, we, we ran a promotion as far as what we're going to do for Apple iTunes to kind of promote the uh, our Patreon. And we were giving away one free month in the Patreon. If you guys aren't subscribed to that, check it out. You know, smash accept patreon.com um, or smash patreon.com backslash smash accept. So we got some amazing reviews that I wanted to read out loud because this is just kind of a process that we've you the three of us have really been grinding and these comments really made my day i wanted to share them with everyone uh first one sent in from at alan and jillian smash accept has been invaluable since joining my first dynasty league in january i've learned more about player values and trading in two months listening to smash accept than i have in any other football podcast in my previous 15 years of playing fantasy football love that you know you love hearing these kind of things uh the next one sent in from i don't know he put smash accept covers every part of dynasty landscape the show also offers a, a lot of varied opinions and brings in so many guests dynasty is hard work let dynasty dad mung and their patreon community help you out with a listen with listens and follow at least john they didn't know you were part of it because you just you just hopping on here and there no i'm just kidding um we got let's see there's a, some other amazing ones on here give me real quick we have sent in from at Dane M15, Dynasty Dad and the Smash Accept crew are always striving to bring the best to the fantasy community. Entertaining and informative podcasts while they bring on many great analysts. It should be a staple in your podcast rotation. Smash Accept takes you guys, for the FF experience, to the next level. 
couple more here. We're almost done. Uh, this one from Nbillman3. Love listening to Smash Accept and hearing their strategies. They plant the flag on their approach on being either top three or bottom three. That's the T3B3, baby. Give yourself a clear process to do so. Recently started listening, but a very good content and discussion to their pods. A listen to every Dynasty player. Two more. Swamp Donkey sent in best in the business. For the people, always willing to help. Very informative. And from Meg78, love the balanced approach of the show. Great details, background information, spot-on analysis. They don't veer into tangents. Keep it fresh for a variety of guests and analysts. A must-listen for anybody in the Dynasty community. I mean, guys, let's start with you, Mung. I mean, how does that make you feel? Like, when I read those kind of things, there's a lot of things that really stick out there. And, you, you know, you start to read other people's iTunes accounts, and there's like, hey, they do this. Hey, they don't do this. A lot of repetitive things in there, but all positive. Well, that's what we strive to do, right? At the end of the day, we just enjoy talking fantasy and we want to help as many people as we can win their leagues. And honestly, I love getting DMs who say, hey, you helped me get this trade done or hey, you helped me win my league last year. And it just makes me happy even if I'm not you know, gaining anything monetarily. And I love to hear it. I mean, this is exactly why we do what we do, right? John, what about you? I mean, like we've been doing this, like you said, we're the the OGs, you know, the uh, the originals, not the expendables. You know, how does that, what does that resonate to you? Because like to me, I read these things and it just brought an instant smile to my face. No, it's great. And like Monk said, this is why we do what we do. And I think it's why we're all sitting here at episode 148, because we have been able to build a community and it is about you and the listeners. And we try to build the show around what's going to help you and how we, we really um, help the community, build the community. And look, we're, we're also here to get better and improve and stay kind of humble. And we want to keep this thing going as long as we can. So is, we'll just continue to focus on the listeners and the smash Patreon. And I think good things ahead, right? We're just three OGs that love talking and chopping it up with dynasty fantasy football. That's right. I'm gonna hit the before I hit the button. There's one more here. This one. This this is just great from. Maybe we want to get the cowbell ready too. Do you have the cowbell back there? Oh yeah, it's ready. <laughs> Prior to listening to Smash, except I always felt like I didn't fit in with my family. Although the resemblance are there, I just couldn't see it until I witnessed the birth of a beautiful thing called Smash Except Podcast. I had no idea where I came from. From however, I'm ecstatic to announce that I recently found Dynasty Dad is my actual dad. Miraculously conceiving me at the prime age of 11. We feel like Smash Except we're super grateful for them and the money that they've helped me earn over the years. So I didn't even know I had another kid out there, you know? Like, Amazing. It is. It, tax season just wrapped up. Couldn't claim as a dependent, but let's see who our winner is. <laughs> All right. Love it. Love it. Here we go. That's not it. That's my boomer moment. Let's see who wins it. Oh. Uh, uh. uh, Alan and Jillian. Hey, here we go. Boom, congrats. For the four people Alan watching Jill on YouTube, that was a necessary piece right there. But now let's talk about tonight, what we really wanted to talk about. And I see so many of you guys, you're just asking questions of what do I do in tight end premium? A lot of you guys, a lot of our listeners are new to tight end premium. Mung, what's your biggest suggestion when people get into there? We're going to talk later about 0.5 versus 0.75, two, two tight ends, one tight end. But when people are out there and they're doing their first tight end premium, what is the philosophy that you use? Like how much different should we be valuing the tight end position? I think the biggest mistake that people sometimes make when they first start playing in tight end premium leagues is that it's very different from Superflex or two quarterbacks. 
unless you're adding a second required starting tight end position, tight end premium doesn't actually change the values of tight ends all that much. What it does is make that elite top tier of tight ends who see a ton of target volume even more valuable against the top quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. However, it doesn't necessarily make other tight ends as important as, say, quarterbacks in Superflex formats because you're still only required to start one. And outside of those top four to six, let's say, tight ends, and that may be changing with the incoming rookie class, not a whole lot of tight ends see enough volume to really make a to really be difference makers in fantasy, even with say 1.5 or 1.75 points per reception for the tight end position. So that's the first thing I think that new players to the tight end premium format, or even experienced players who maybe haven't really thought about it until now, uh, should differentiate that. You know, it's really increasing the value of those top tight ends and separating them even further uh, to the rest of the tight ends. I love that. I mean, that's that's exactly what I've been telling people is like, listen, your Travis Kelsey's, your your Kyle Pitts, your Mark Andrews, your TJ Hawkinson, Kittle, that top six, right? Those, those guys are the guys that really separate themselves. But John, you found out, and this is where people are like, hey, you know, Travis Kelsey usually goes at the end of the third round in a normal, you know, super flex league, as opposed to in a tight end premium, you saw the benefits of smash one what he could do i mean if you look at 1.75 tight end premium in the playoffs against jacksonville he would have had 46.3 points there's other situations there against the chargers he had six receptions for 115 that's worth 40 points las vegas eight seven for one seven receptions in those three touchdowns 38.75 john those are league winning numbers and one of the guys that's literally you know, won you back-to-back championships in Smash 1. Yeah, and I remember in the startup, I'm looking at the settings, and that, that was a strategy I wanted to go after. And I traded ahead of you, because I see I see it's coming to you, and you have a similar philosophy I do. Traded up to get Travis Kelsey. And in Smash settings, he had a seven-point-per-week advantage over the tight end, too. Right? You can't get that from any other position. No. So it gives you an incredible weekly advantage not just a positional advantage, just a, an incredible advantage for your lineup every week. And, you know, I, I do agree with Mong. It, it's really those top few tight ends that are kind of the overall difference makers. But it's uh, it's also something you can take advantage of in your lineup. And I, I just kind of encourage everyone, we're going to break it down some, but just sit down and do the math. Look at 22 stats and 23 projections for tight ends versus, let's say, wide receivers or running backs. Um, just to give you an example of what I'm talking about, it may just surprise you a little bit, but like the tight end six, which was Zach Ertz, had about the same points in smash formats, which is 0.75 tight end premium, as, wait for it, Jalen Waddle, the wide receiver 13, right? So, you, you know, it, that that puts things perspective. Tight ends aren't sexy. We, we joked about it a lot with Matt Waldman, like these old men tight ends and old people in Dynasty don't <laughs> don't, don't really go together. Although slow and dangerous behind the wheel, <laughs> they still can serve a purpose. And that purpose could be winning use of fantasy weeks. Yeah, I, I mean, Kelsey's such a difference maker. To clarify what he just said, he literally said seven points behind the tight end two. 
not a tight tight end two. Not a tight end two, the the tight end two. two. Right. The difference between one and 12 has to be double digits for sure. And if you have any position where the difference between – It's about 12 points difference. Yeah, 12 points, that's another position player. That's a a good week for a wide receiver. Such a difference maker to go out there and make that. What I want to talk about now, and I I hope that clarifies, because what Monk said is 1.5 tight end premium, we don't really change much. 1.75, 1.75, we really start to vault up those top six. When you play a two tight end, and Mung, I know you play in a couple of them, and I did, and I can't I can't take the format because it just kills me. Because last year I had I had Ertz and Andrews and lost both of them in the playoffs. And it's just it creates such a different atmosphere of trying to start two tight ends every week. Because when you're doing your rankings or when I did mine, I got to about 15 guys I liked, and then you're talking about nine more starters that you gotta pull out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, that's when you start really needing to understand, or at least know names like Jelani Woods and Chagosium and K Dotton and Daniel Bellinger and, and the Tanner Hudson's of the world. Right. Uh, again, I mean, in just regular, you know, 1.5 tight end premium, you have, let's see, one, two, three tight ends in the top 64 overall players in points per game. Whereas when you look at regular formats, Travis Kelsey was the only one. And and really, again, that's what John iterated. And that's what I'm going to say one more time is that that makes these guys more valuable against the top running backs and wide receivers. I mean, Travis Kelsey outscored Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields in points per game last year. I mean, think about how ridiculous that is. It's basically like being able to start three quarterbacks, right, in a super flex (laughs) format. Yeah, right on. But, again, guys like, I don't know, Greg Dulcich, who I I do like, but, you know, David Njoku, those guys aren't going to be difference makers because even though they get more points per reception, they're not catching 10 to 15 balls like Travis Kelsey is. To to your point with that, I mean, it definitely has to move up your – you're in your rookie draft, right? And at the end of that first round in years past, you got to be going thinking along the lines of Trey McBride, where in a non two quarterback league, you're not even thinking about that. John, we just had on Matt Waldman and I just put the, the, I know Snoog made a thread and I just put our, our video out there, but I mean, the tight end one in this class, you and I both have them right around to first round value, which most years is, is crazy. And this year's class is great, but Dalton Kincaid, I know we were talking about it last week. Has some Travis Kelsey in his game. Yeah, in fact, that's what we heard from Waldman. I think we were kind of careful to point out that Kelsey's really better overall player, certainly better blocker, but definitely getting some vibes. And I've watched plenty of tape on Kincaid, his ability to run routes, um, get get um, those contested catches, really smooth overall. Um, with his with his catching, he, he really does kind of give you similar vibes, and that's what we're we're all looking for is the the next kind of difference maker at the position. We had hoped that Kyle Pitts was going to be that, and it's had a premium formats. I think you know because of that, I think he might have been overdrafted, uh, but you know maybe he will give us some hope. And that was going to be the point that I made here in in these dynasty leagues. One thing to think about with the tight ends is they do take longer to develop. Mm-hmm. I think certainly versus running back, and we're seeing now with wide receiver that they make more. The, you know, you have to be patient with the tight ends. You kind of have to draft some of these guys, like Kincaid or a Michael Mayer or a Luke Musgraves. 
and stash them for a bit, knowing it's just going to take a little bit more time to develop. Well, why is that? Well, these guys really have to learn all of the blocking schemes, the run blocking, pass blocking. They need to know when they're going to be running certain routes and learn all the routes like the wide receivers as well. And uh, so it, it's, a, it's a much more complex type of position in that sense. And it's also one where, and this is what we talked about briefly with Waldman, that you do get banged up a lot more too. It's very mm -hmm. physical, more so um, certainly than wide receiver. You know, play in, play out, you're, you're, you're kind of grinding very physically. And so a lot of these guys that we know and love, like your George Kittles and your Gronkowskis, it's difficult to, to really sustain the, the ability to stay on the field over the years. That's why it's just so incredible what Travis Kelsey's done because he's been so consistent. He just pretty much gets out there every single week, takes a beating and keeps on ticking. So that's really, again, coming back full circle to Kelsey, really incredible what he's done and what he's actually done for many dynasty leagues. Right. And Kincaid is like, we're drafting him thinking that's the next evolution of that is he's a great mm -hmm. route runner. He's someone right. with Could the be. ball in his hand, has some of that Kelsey type look to him. I think mm -hmm. you're, to your point, uh, talking about those tight ends, typically we've talked about in the past, take till year three to really excel. That's right. That's unless right. they are out off the line and not blocking as much a la Evan Ingram is rookie year. I think yes. Kincaid's going to be one of those guys that moves out there to the side. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at, Pat Fryermuth had a great rookie season, but he was blocking a lot more. You know, Darren right. Waller is going to be out all over the field, different type scenario. You know, those guys that are going to be TJ Hawkinson, great blocker. Mm -hmm. You know, Kittle, great blocker. So th there's a lot to, to unpack with that. But let's just start talking about the tight ends in general. I mean, we're looking at – I'm going to reference back to the value chart that we have on the Patreon. Mm -hmm. And then I want you guys to interject. But right now I have as that tier one – the values, all these guys go in the mid-third round of startups. They're all in that 104 to 105 range if you're trying to buy them. And it's Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and Kyle Pitts. Those, for me, are that top tier. But it's really an interesting thing because when you look at tiers, a lot of times you see three wide receivers. Like you look at CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown, and Waddle in the same tier, and you're like, oh, these guys are in that 22 to 24 range. They're all high-productive wide receivers. Then you look at the tight ends, and you've got Kelsey's going to win you your league. Mark Andrews has been, you know, super steady. Kyle Pitts is that unicorn that we all expect to, to blow up. And it's really an interesting thing to look at, John, is for me, what I tell everybody is by round three, you have to have an idea if you're taking a tight end. Because if you're all in, you go Kelsey. If you're building, you go Andrews. If you're thinking about kind of pushing back, it's Kyle Pitts. And I think it's an interesting dynamic that we haven't had before because we've had our tiers two years ago. This was like Kelsey Waller and Kittle. And even last year it was Kelsey and Andrews and, and, and Pitts. How do you go about looking at these three guys value wise? Yeah, I, I think that it is really important to kind of break these guys into tiers. Kelsey's in a tier of his own clearly. Uh, but I think with Andrews and Pitts, those guys absolutely should be the next ones off the board. And I'm often kind of doing the math. I'm trying to figure out how do I put maximum points in my lineup every week. So at any given point in the startup, I'm kind of seeing, all right, there's there's now some tier breaks about to happen in terms of like average points per week I can put in my lineup. And this, of course, is teams that want to contend, right? Uh, that's really what we're speaking to here. So picking up an Andrews and a Pitts in the third round may make sense for your strategy because you realize, all right, tight ends are going to actually probably have some longevity for my dynasty roster. And these guys are going to be putting up more points per game than 
really most of the other tight ends, right? We talked about getting one of those top tight ends that are really going to show up with, with more receptions, right? So you're convincing yourself these are, guys are going to get peppered with targets and receptions, and they may end up being more points per game than the wide receivers or even running backs available here in the third round. So I'm always trying to get into tiers, right? And I think what we're going to see is a bit of a tier break between the next few guys that we get into. So th- those are kind of the things that I'm, that I'm thinking about. And again, sometimes these guys will slide, though. I've seen them slide in startups even into the fourth. Why? Because, again, tight ends aren't sexy. People love those flashy QBs, wide receivers, and running backs in the first three rounds, right? So so you can actually get some pretty serious value, even with the top three guys, sometimes into the fourth. Yeah, putting together some of the ADP, I mean, these guys go almost consistently in that same area. And to your your point, Pitts is usually the first guy off the board, and he really is. But you're right, Kelsey, honestly – has just been such a difference maker, it's hard to move that direction. You want that young, sexy tight end. Yeah. Mung, is Kyle Pitts going to be that guy? I know this is a question that, you know, if you drafted him, you probably took him 103, 104. You might have felt really burnt by taking him above Jamar Chase. You know, is we have to be patient with the position. I own zero shares. I don't think you guys own too many shares either because of the price for buying a tight end. Is this the year that Kyle Pitts really starts to make that push to become elite? Yeah, I think so. We obviously were disappointed in both him and Drake London last year from a fantasy production standpoint, right? But when you look at the underlying metrics, Kyle Pitts was used as a downfield threat, uh, ranked second among tight ends in average at the target, which is exactly what we want to see, right? First and foremost, we want to see volume, but then we want to see touchdowns and big plays. And that's exactly what he was able to provide. And also, he was, I believe, fifth in yards per route run. So he was efficient with the touches that he did get. Now, it is a concern that the Falcons are still expected to be fairly run heavy. Mm-hmm. And we're still not quite sure if it's going to be Ritter, how well he's going to look, or if it's going to be another quarterback. But at the same time, we always say that talent rises to the top. And as John mentioned earlier, it, it takes a couple of years for tight ends to really get going in the NFL. Even Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. had, I think, just six, 700 yards, maybe four or five touchdowns, his first couple of healthy seasons in the league. I mean, Gronk is really the true lone exception who just had, what, 10, yeah. 12 touchdowns as a rookie and then had tw- close to 20 in his second year. But that's just impossible. There's a reason that Gronk is Gronk, and there, there's no one else who can match him. But overall, I would say, really, you're just deciding the direction of your team, right? If you're drafting some older quarterbacks, then sure, take a shot on Kelsey, who could still have another elite year left at him. But worst case scenario, we have seen that tight ends are the sole skill position who seem to still be able to keep going, even into their mid-30s. We've seen Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates be productive into their mid-30s. And again, Kelsey is also the exception to every rule because Mm -hmm. even if he declines in efficiency, With Andy Reid and Mahomes, we know that there's going to be double-digit touchdown seasons uh, for at least another year or two to come. So at at least the floor is fairly high for Kelsey, even if he loses a step. Well, and John and I were drafting him last year in the third round, and he was. Everyone's like, "Oh, that's that's a bad pick. He's going to be you know thirty, thirty-one." You're like, "Guess what? He's still going in that same area." And I think we we see a situation Mm -hmm. where, yeah, he might. I, I still think he's the tight end one this year maybe even you know next year but 
he has the career arc where you could see him playing two or three more years where he's still a tight end one, if not the tight end one. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. So for those of you that do want to contend, I really consider that as a strategy. And, and he's going to be a centerpiece of the KC offense. No, no question. doesn't matter who they draft, frankly. The, the other thing I was going to say about Pitts is he's now a little bit more appropriately priced, yes. right? I mean, if we look at some of the other smash startups as an example, he was going in the late first of startups mm-hmm. because, you know, again, this could be that weekly difference maker positional advantage type scenario. I do agree with, with Mong that, we're, we probably will see another step for Pitts, but now he's, again, he's going two full rounds later. So it makes more sense to consider it. And, you know, maybe you, you don't necessarily want to come out and, and contend for the title in year one. You want to you kind of take it and, and build the right way and take, you know, a couple of years to do it. He could be very much worth considering there. So the value for both really for both Kelsey Andrews and Pitts is all better than, it was this time last year, if you want to think about it in startups. So worth mm-hmm. considering that. And I think if you have Travis Kelsey and a lot of people are coming to me, they're like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start the rebuild or I'm going to start moving in that way. Go and Mung says this all the time, stay in the same tier and get a Kyle Pitts in a second, find that guy. And maybe he, he's trying to com- compete right off the bat. You know, a lot of the Kyle Pitts, I'm getting so many Kyle Pitts questions. Cause I think the Kyle Pitts owners are frustrated. They are the ones that are like, all right, well, you didn't really, it wasn't what I wanted in year one, even though he had a fine rookie season in year two, he obviously was with the injury problem. And I think you could be able to go in there and get him. Mark Andrews is the one that that's interesting to me among, I mean, 73 receptions, 847 yards. Uh, the touchdowns were down to five. And you even said the year before, I believe it was, a, you know, we were expecting some touchdown regression from Mark Andrews, who was was carried by the by the touchdowns in 2021. I believe he had he had nine and then he had over 107 receptions. A lot of that was with with Huntley towards the end of the season. I'm almost to a point where I'm almost moving him down and I haven't yet, but moving him down to that tier with the next guy I want to talk about is TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson's yeah, usually baby. going in that fourth round. He was the tight end too. And I feel like mm-hmm. the the dynasty community still values Mark Andrews a full round ahead of TJ Hawkinson. And I'm not quite sure why why right now. I will say, even though I was lower on Andrews heading into last year, I do think he's kind of swung the opposite way in terms of expectations are low because uh, he missed some time in 2022. And Mm -hmm. obviously Lamar Jackson did as well. And a lot of this definitely hinges on Lamar Jackson staying in Baltimore. But if he does... Andrews might be a sneaky buy if some of the GMs who have him are frustrated because he actually had a pretty solid 2022 season uh, despite some hiccups. When you look at his stats, he had eight tight end one weeks uh, in 11 games with a healthy Lamar Jackson. That's still pretty solid. And with Greg Roman finally gone, if they do retain Lamar Jackson and agree to finally open up that offense a little bit, become a little bit more pass heavy, I don't know that he'll have quite as many receptions as he did in 2021, but I think he has a safe floor and pretty solid upside still. Yeah, John. I mean, let, let's talk a little bit about a little bit more about Andrews and talk about Hawkinson because they're mm-hmm. they're starting to Hawkinson's kind of in that no man's tier, like right in between there, uh, because it's it's another drop off in between there and. You know, that was someone that that I was we we did this last year and I was like gloating about him. And then all of a sudden, 
Detroit was struggling. Then he goes to Minnesota, and man, did he ball out. Yeah, it was just that change of scenery that really launched TJ Hawkinson. And I'll also add that it was, again, like we just talked about, you know, he's three, four years in now. So he mm-hmm. has really developed and matured as a tight end blocker receiver. But man, when you, when you get into the right system and you get those targets, it is fun to watch. I happen to have a lot of Hawk shares. And we've been actually talking about this in the Smash Patreon quite a bit, like where we should value this guy. In some recent startups, he has been coming off the board. In some cases, is tied in two. I've heard even tied in one. That seems a little wild, but he um, he he really shouldn't be going ahead of Pitts in any scenario. No. But remember, this guy was drafted eighth overall, so he's got that draft pedigree. He had um, quite quite a decent set of seasons in Detroit, but really all the stars aligned there in Minnesota. And I, I expect that to continue. He, he again, he's going to kind of benefit from having Justin Jefferson out wide and you know minnesota may draft another wide receiver here that's fine he's just that huge target over the middle that cousins kind of locked into he gets the red zone looks he's still only 25 so there's a lot to like about hawkinson and you know i think we we really should start to consider him in uh, that similar tier as andrews to your point i think he's right there yeah, and I think a lot of what I've been doing with the value charts is where they're going for as far as rookie picks. And he's in that 106, 107 range. The other guys are 4-5. This next group kind of goes in that 1-8 to 111 range. And Mung, right now, I mean, Dallas Goddard and Kittle are firmly going as late firsts. Are we buying at the price? I mean, I know I bought in Smash 1. I got Goddard for 111 and 1.75 premium. I'm seeing Kittle going for 112, even to 201 in that area. And... It feels like a value. You know, if you're having to pay a 103 for Kelsey, but you can get Kittle or Goddard for 112, feels like a, a nice little consolation prize. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as I mentioned before, Goddard was terrific in yards per out run. Uh, his only issue was a little bit less target volume, obviously with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith there. But Goddard and Kittle are the two exact names who I think – if you put them in Kelsey's shoes, they would have similar or better redu- production because that's how talented they are. And mm-hmm. I, I would not drop them any lower. I think they have tremendous yeah. upside and safe floors as well. Mm-hmm. They've produced even without the target volume that Travis Kelsey sees. Um, Kittle in particular, there's a little worry about touchdowns because he had a career-high 11 touchdowns last year, never had more than six in a season prior to 2022, but still, I mean, he's one of the best yards after catch runners out there. Even he rivals wide receivers, right? He's like Mm -hmm. a giant Justin Jefferson in some ways, but really these guys are the two exceptions to the rule where even without terrific volume, they can make up for it with efficiency and touchdowns. So I think they're appropriately priced, maybe even a little low because I do think that behind Kelsey, we're talking about 2023 purely. It's all a big tier to me where I could see, I could make an argument for Hawkinson, Andrews, Kittle, Goddard. Um, so really, I think they're all perhaps separate tiers, but very, very close to me. And that's that's price dependent on that for sure. You know, like that's where mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. those top two of, of Pitts and Kelsey are, are pretty consistent of what people want. But the prices on Goddard and Kittle 
and even Andrews at time and Hawkinson, it, it can fluctuate a little bit. And that that tier there, we pretty self-explanatory. We talk about a lot. The next one I want to get into. This one's huge. It could be like everyone's is a little yeah. bit different. Again, I go based off of what I'm seeing in market value for mine. I, and I know Mung, you do yours a little bit differently. But for right now, the guys in that 112 to 203 range, firmly in that, you know, in that smash zone, is is Pat Fryermuth at seven. Darren Waller at eight and Greg Dolchich at nine. And those, those are the three guys that I have in that next one. Dalton Kincaid would surely be in that tier as well for me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm John. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm almost willing to make him my above Fryermuth. Like if he gets the right, I saw today him going to the Packers. All right. He's my dynasty tight end seven tight end and eight at worst, you know, and I, I'm excited to see what he can do, but let's first talk about yeah. Fryermuth and Dolchich, both of them great rookie seasons. Dolchich kind of coming out of nowhere, Fryermuth getting the draft capital. I love both of these guys. I feel like these guys are the the discounted version of, you know, you didn't get your big name. There's no need to sometimes go in that middle tier that's got a lot more expensive. Dolchich and, and Fryermuth, if you're a building team, are great value. And if you're a contender, Darren Waller for an early second just feels like I don't know why, but I feel like a, a resurgence of Darren Waller is going to win you championships with Daniel Jones potentially being their best pass catcher no matter what. And he looks like he's recommitted to things. So, Mung, I know I just talked a bunch and, re, you know, was was getting into that tier. Let's let's break down Fryermuth and Dolchich because I know, you know, those are some, some interesting prospects that people are asking about. Yeah, for sure. And I do have them uh, right there. I believe I have Fryermuth as my tight end seven um, and – Dulcich is a little bit lower at tight end 10, but in that same tier with Waller and Schultz there. And Fryermuth's been terrific. I, I think they're building around Kenny Pickett. And while Fryermuth isn't necessarily an elite talent, he's a great possession receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, he stays on the field to block. He had nine tight end one finishes last year, which is awesome. And really, you know, 6.5 targets per game. I think that was six among tight ends. He's exactly what you want from a young tight end. And I do like Greg Dulcich to develop in his second year. His peripherals weren't as great as a rookie, but still five tight end one finishes even as a rookie. And when you look at Greg Dulcich's team, there are rumors that the Broncos could look to trade Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton around the time of the NFL draft. So there's a lot of upside there with him. And also, when you look at Dulcich, he's a downfield threat, kind of like how we talked about Pitts. He actually ranked third uh, among tight ends and averaged at the target. So he's got some big play upside as well. And perhaps he won't be the next Jimmy Graham, but I think there's a chance that he could see a lot more volume next year, a la Graham with Sean Payne. I like it. And Fryermuth also has some big play. I mean, he was third in the league in 20-plus yard receptions. And I know it's not yards after the catch, but he has some of those uh, abilities too. John, Darren Waller, you and I were beating yeah. the drums. Like <laughs> I know it felt like forever ago, right? But you and I have him everywhere in tight end premium. I, I think this is the year where, you know, if you held on to him or you bought him cheap last year, you know, there were times where I was buying him for late seconds. And I think Darren Waller has that potential to be a league winner at the tight end position because last time we saw him healthy, he was right up there in that same area as Kelsey when we're talking about the position that, that the points that he was putting up. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking back to some of the rosters where I had Kelsey and Waller on the same team I had multiple rosters that I built that way. And they were just cleaning up in tight end premium every week. And I, I remember just frustrating the heck out of 
my opponents because I'm I'm putting multiple tight ends in my roster and the points per game were up. Yeah, point seven five premium. We were talking about Kelsey was twelve points above everybody else. I mean, two years ago, Darren Waller was ten points above everybody else. So if you had the tight end one and the tight end two in a yeah. tight end premium, and you're outscoring your opponent's tight ends by twenty plus points, I mean, yeah, you, and it, you just can't it, make that up anywhere else. Right, and you may. I mean, for those of you that like doing lots of startups and being in lots of leagues. I mean, think about maybe like the three, four turn this year or just kind of double tapping tight end going. What, what do you call that? Like tight end heavy or I, I, you're not it, down with strat- the kid lingo anymore. Yeah, I don't Wait. even know what the kids are calling it these days, but <laughs> it, it's um, it's a fun thing. You could you could kind of try out and, and do that. It definitely worked for me on multiple rosters. But that's the thing. Recency bias um, is going to hurt Waller, but. That helps you as a dynasty manager because you can get him for cheaper. You could buy low on him. So for contending teams, absolutely consider Darren Waller. He is 30 now, but I do have to kind of remind everyone, he took a little bit longer to start playing, so he doesn't have as much tread on the um, tires, to use that term. Uh, and he he's still as athletic as, as really anybody. And no exaggeration, he's an absolute athletic freak. And, you know, he just was having a hard time staying on the field. And that's really kind of what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. He will get utilized in that system. Uh, we we absolutely can see it happening now with uh, Daniel Jones and, and the, the overall system coaching there. He is absolutely the best pass catcher there. So there's really two paths to take in this tier. How do you want to build your roster? Are you contending? And you missed on those other tight ends that we talked about. Darren Waller is, is a really nice uh, kind of consolation prize. I would I would caution though, like don't look at your roster and be like, ah, I don't have a tight end. The first six are gone. I'm just going to go with Darren Waller. You could wait multiple rounds now if you miss out on that top tier. Like once you get past George Kittle and Dallas Goddard and you want to contend, you're waiting multiple rounds before you have to even worry about it, right? Right. Your Kelsey's and those guys were going round three. Hawkinson usually round four. Fryermuth and the and – Kittle and Goddard are rounds five and six. And then you wait to rounds eight, nine, and ten. And then you got Waller, Dolchich, Cole Komet, Dalton Schultz, you know, Trey McBride, Evan Ingram, David and Joku. And I I think the biggest thing you can you can almost move, you know, in your startup, get a first plus to move back from the third round to the sixth round and get another first to move from the sixth to like the ninth. And you almost collect two firsts plus Darren Waller in in certain situations. You know, mm-hmm. and, you, and you can, you really got to insulate yourself of where you're making those kind of moves. And, and, and I'm, I'm for it. Um, among some of those other names that people are really asking out there, they're like, what do I do with, you know, young upside guys like Cole Komet, David Njoku, Trey McBride, you know, uh, you got Chig in there. I mean, there's so many different, different players in that area in that nine through 11 round. How do you differentiate and who's that guy for you? Because I have them all really close in rankings. I mean, I think they're all within 206 to 212. You can buy them all and even throw in Dalton Schultz in that area. Yeah, well, first, uh, I just want to say I agree with John where Waller could absolutely lead the Giants in targets in 2023. Uh, It's like how John Madden said, if you've got two quarterbacks, you have none. And for the Giants, uh, if you've got five wide receivers, you have none. If they're all named like Isaiah so Hodgins, Paris right? Campbell, uh, Jamison Crowder, who I forgot was on a roster, 
uh, Sterling, Shepard, those guys. So Waller could absolutely, if he's healthy on the field, lead that team in targets. It's like an entire uh, squad of five foot nine wide receivers who are undersized. They'll probably might as well add Zay Flowers in there and just yeah, run and out I, the, the smallest wide receiver core you've ever seen. And I, yeah, at I least think, red zone targets, if not total <laughs> targets, right? I was going to say too, and Brian Dayball it, is a guy that absolutely knows how to utilize his his top talent and will work him into the offense. So yeah. out of those guys I listed, those upside guys, the Chig, the Njoku, the Komet, the McBride, who's that guy for you that you think has the has the chops to to enter that tight end one? I mean, none of them were tight end ones this year, but they're close. I'll, I'll say, you know, go with the guy who's done it, Dalton Schultz, who for some reason his dynasty stock has dropped a ton because he signed with the Texans. And at a glance, it's not the best landing spot because – they were a bottom three scoring offense in points per game last year. But at the same time, there's no reason to fade Schultz as far as he's fallen. I feel like the dynasty community has dropped way too low on him. He was the tight end 11 in PPR points per game last year. Uh, he's now being drafted as the tight end 16 uh, in startups in April. And while he's not the most elite talent, at the same time, Houston had the seventh most targets to tight ends last year. And it's not like they've added a ton at wide receiver. Their top guys are Robert Woods and Nico Collins. So there's a chance that Dalton Schultz could actually see more targets per game this coming season than he did last year uh, in Dallas when he had to compete with CeeDee Lamb for targets. I like that a lot. John, when we talk about we're, we're buying these guys, I mean, you know, Schultz, is a, is a value. Evan Ingram finished the tight end five on 98 targets. You know, that that's top five in the league. And he's in that even lower in that 2.8 to 2.12 range. And then even if you're looking at like third round guys, I mean, the tight end six was Tyler Higby with 108 targets. I mean, there is some value to be there. I just never feel great starting guys in those positions. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I, I the, These kind of in between tight ends, I'm if I'm building a roster, I really prefer to get a young guy that has the talent that you might um, see pop. Like I still like Trey McBride and people forget pretty quickly, but he was kind of the tight end one of last year's class. And okay. He got buried a bit um, as he was developing in his first year behind Zach Ertz. But uh, as you recall, Zach Ertz went down and he flashed. I don't know if anyone started him in their, their, championship in week 17 but he actually went uh, 10 targets seven receptions 78 yards and a touchdown kind of showed what he could do and i think when zach hurts inevitably moves on he's going to be well positioned so if you have a little bit of time he's a guy that i like and then are coming back to the rookie class as well again on a on a team that's going to take me a couple of years and i can wait on these guys i'd really prefer like you said earlier dad after you get past that tier of george kittle dallas goddard um, I like Farmouth a lot, but I mean, I'm probably still thinking Kincaid there. If I can, if I can get him, if if I'm in the rookie second round and he's still on the board, I'm pretty much smashing that at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, there's some, uh, there's some very, very talented athletic tight ends coming out in this class as well. Uh, I, I mentioned, of course, Michael Mayer, who reminds Matt Waldman of Pat Farmouth, right? Uh, another, you know, type after he's after Henry. <laughs> yeah, that and Hunter hurt. Henry. And Hunter Henry. Yeah. Um, Sam Laporta looks, looks nice. Sam too. Laporta, I mean, there's a lot of guys. Washington. Luke Musgraves. The, look at the the athletic profiles, like the RAS scores for some of these tight ends. It's crazy. Like people just don't realize how athletic these guys are that are coming out. And so 
I'm like on a on a RAS scale where you're you're going up to ten. Multiple tight ends we just rattled off were in the very high nines, and I'm I'm staring at this like, why are not more people talking about this? So when you're in your rookie seconds and you kind of missed on some of these other flashier running backs and wide receivers, and some of these tight ends are still there, really think about stashing a couple of these guys. Rookie third round. You're kind of out of guys and you wanted some dark throws. Pick up one of these tight ends and stash them and watch to see if any of those guys actually end up in the right system. And, you know, a couple of years down the road are putting up pretty serious points in tight end premium. So real quick here, we're going to kind of wrap up. I want to go around the room. Just a guy that you're buying, you know, on the cheap right now for your dynasty leagues. Um, and then we'll, you know, we'll go through there. For me, I'm buying Zach Ertz cheap. I mean, he had, he was sixth in points per game. I think he's someone that I've owned on all of my teams. Stole I my guy. Sold from anywhere. I just, you know, like I understand he, he's coming off a of surgery and it's going to be uh, a longer recovery because he's 32 years old. But I think Zach Ertz is a fine value that you can get for a pair of thirds. You know, and, and we're talking about in, in a normal, you know, no tight end premium, seven points less than Kelsey. I'll take that for the price. Monk. I was good. Oh, go ahead, John. Well, I'm just worried that Mong's going to steal my second guy. He already stole my first guy. <laughs> so I wanted to jump in. Um, Go ahead. So That's all you, John. Okay. I, I um, wanted to throw out David Njoku I, because I think that he is definitely a, a value. And, again, now we're going to get a full offseason with Deshaun Watson in that offense and um, time to work together. Watson, I think, is going to get that offense back on track. And Njoku really looked good. This past year, for those that were paying attention, I kind of consider him as a as a tight end one. And he's man, he's slipping into double digit rounds in startups. So he, he's a guy to be pretty comfortable with. You can wait on again. The strategy is you wait on if you miss that first couple tiers of tight ends. And, and Joku's a guy for contenders to really consider in those later rounds. Love it. Mung, bring us home with with one more here. Yeah, someone who you can get for basically free right now is Gerald Everett. He'll be turning just 29 in June. Not that old for a tight end, even though it seems like he's been around forever. Uh, Actually, he ranked 11th in targets per game last year. Keenan Allen's going to be another year older. Both he and Mike Williams have had trouble staying healthy in recent years. We'll see if the Chargers grab another wide receiver in the early rounds. But for right now, we should still see fairly high target volume for Everett heading into 2023. And he was surprisingly, I was looking at this earlier, eighth in yards after the catch among tight ends and fifth in red zone targets. So even though he only scored four touchdowns, he actually has a ton of upside, especially if you believe in Justin Herbert taking a step up with Kellen Moore, who, by the way, gave Delton Schultz a ton of targets last year. Awesome. I hope we, you guys enjoyed this. You know, we really unpacked the tight end position. Uh, a lot of guys are asking for it. So we, you ask, we give it to you. So thanks again for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the process. Also, go by Noah fan.